Well, today's episode is about how to have a sense of humor as 2020, thank goodness, comes to a close. And I got a good laugh this week when I was going over some of our podcast analytics. I'm a total numbers geek with this stuff. So I track each week um, how many downloads we have, how quickly the downloads come in. I track how long you're listening to the show. I mean, like, I got my eye on you. I am tracking you big time. And we, when we did the relaunch for the show back in November, we switched categories. So we switched from news, which never fit this show at all, to self-improvement motivation. Because that's really more what this show is about, right? If you're listening, it's because you want to be a better person, a better version of yourself, if you will. I know that's what I'm going for anyway. So as soon as we made that switch, good things started happening. So within a week, Dying to Ask was ranked number 162 on the U.S. charge for self-improvement. That's a huge deal. If you can crack 200, it's a big, big deal. There are a million podcasts out there. And if you can get like a reasonable number, it means you have some good traction going with your show. But there's another analytic that's even better. We are killing it on the very same chart in New Zealand. Like, it's a big deal in New Zealand. Why? I have no idea. But I have said many times that I would move to New Zealand in a heartbeat. So now I'm even more on board. So if you are a Kiwi listening to this show, would you please reach out to me? Because I will put you on an episode. We'll talk about anything you want. But I want to know, how is this show tracking in New Zealand? It's awesome. So let's move on to you. What's making you smile these days? What's making you laugh? It is a tough question to answer these days because everything this year has felt so ludicrous at times that like you just couldn't make it up. And absent a vaccine, humor was really some of the best medicine this year against COVID. I mean, look at all the memes that came out. But it's been a tough year, that said, to be in the business of humor. And humor is a business. Comedians saw their club dates end abruptly in March, and they haven't been able to really pick up. I mean, the virtual thing's okay, but, you know, it's not great. But some comedians, like Carrie Pomeroli, have been able to figure it out. Now, Carrie is known as Hollywood's favorite good girl. She is a devout Christian. She's known as a clean comedian, which translation, she doesn't swear in her act, and that means that you can play her stuff with your kids in the room. And I didn't have to give her the disclaimer to not swear on the podcast, which I appreciate. Carrie has worked with everyone from Jim Carrey to Jay Leno. She's been in soaps like General Hospital and Port Charles. She's a frequent keynote speaker for huge companies, inspiring, motivating, and totally safe if you're the boss bringing in the keynote speaker. And she has also done something that I have dreamed of doing. She has written and sold Hallmark movies. How cool is that? I'm this dying to ask why humor is the one thing that makes a lot of us feel better these days. How to get your sense of humor back if you've been struggling to feel happy and upbeat these days. How Carrie had to pivot her career in one day. And of course, I'm totally wanting to know, how did you get the Hallmark gig? It's so awesome. Here is Carrie Pomeroli. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've been anchoring morning news for more than 20 years. I know two things. One, that phrase, I'll sleep when I'm dead, is starting to seem likely. And two, the best conversations take time. Dying to Ask is my chance to have longer, more meaningful conversations without a producer yelling rap in my ear. Personal change requires personal growth. And these days, Plan B is the new Plan A. Ready to do life bigger and better despite the Rona? This is Dying to Ask. 
Hey guys, quick update about today's episode. We recorded this toward the end of October, so there may be a couple of references to things that are done. Like, for example, Halloween. Halloween candy. It's gone. There's an event that Carrie will mention. It's happened as well. Uh, pandemic still going, unfortunately. But I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Carrie Pomeroli. Carrie, where are you today? Where am I? Where am I finding you? Uh, I am smack in the living room, hiding from my daughters who are homeschooling two rooms away at my house in Los Angeles, California. Very good. Is is that like a safe room for you? Because to me in my house, I have yeah. boys. The only safe room is in the closet, which is off the bathroom. And as boys, they're afraid to come. They know not to come through there. Yeah. No, when you have girls, there's no safe room unless you're under the bed and they can't find you. Exactly. Exactly. No, but it's hard as a, as a working mama these days and a homeschooling teacher and, you know, all the other things that we're doing. It's hard to find just that place just to be alone. Well, even when they go to bed, you're still a mom. Like if you hear them rustling or like, are they breathing? Are they breathing? You know, it's like it's never ending. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't think it ever ends. I don't think so. No, especially this year. So it's funny, I've had a number of comedians on the podcast before, and usually I have a a really detailed conversation before we start recording just to say, I know it's hard, but could you please try to refrain from swearing because it's a lot of work in editing later. (laughs) I really don't have to deal with it. And I'm not worried about that with you because you have have actually made a career as what's called a clean comedian. And um, what what is it that that you call yourself on your website, like Hollywood's good girl or (laughs) something to that effect? You know, people started calling me that a million years ago. I'm, I'm a person of faith in Hollywood. So they were like, oh, you're one of the four Christians. Uh, you're, you're like, like a unicorn. Hollywood yeah, Hollywood dad girl. I'm like, yeah, we had a meeting and four people showed up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just always been who I am off stage. And so when I started doing comedy, it wasn't a big deal. I didn't realize uh, to be clean. You know, if you look at Ellen DeGeneres, she's squeaky clean. Jim Gaffigan, Dane, um, Brian Regan, like some of the really great comics. You could go back, you know, you could go back. But it's just, it's easier. It's easier. I tell my dirty, dirty comics, when you book The Tonight Show, you have to work clean. You know what I mean? So you might as well at least know some clean jokes. Yeah, that's such an interesting point. You didn't start off wanting to be a comedian, though, did you? Uh, My goal was to marry Matt Damon and get a beach house. So uh, I had some very exciting roles, like Nurse Kathy on General Hospital and Uh, you know, Jenny, the friend on Young and the Restless. (laughs) And I was just working, working, working and acting, but it evolved into comedy when I started working with Second City and the Groundlings. And then I realized that I could make a career doing stand-up and I wouldn't have to wait for the phone to ring uh, as much as being an actor, you're waiting for other people to hire you. And so was that an easy transition? Because I wouldn't think that most actresses go to something like the Groundlings right away. Like, what drew you there? Was it people telling you, you know, you really Um, should try that? um, A lot of people wanted to do the Groundlings. It was when Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry had graduated from there. It was definitely popular. The hard transition was going to stand-up comedy because you're all by yourself. And that takes a lot of guts. Or, um, you know, alcohol, depending on who yeah. you're asking at the moment. Sometimes both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes both, right. And so where did the, how did you kind of start gearing your career toward doing more like clean comedy? Was that just like an instant thing from the beginning that drew you there? Oh, ab- absolutely. I was working clean from the get-go and I was praying backstage. And I'm like, God, they're not going to get these jokes. They all think Virgin is, 
you know, a drink. And so, um, you know, I went out there at the Hollywood Improv comic number 22, and I think I was the only comedian that night asked back to keep going. And I really feel like when you're on the right path in life, the doors start to open, but you have to be really prepared to go through them. So I had done a lot of work and I just started railing through any show that would have me. I toured with uh, Zachary Levi uh, when he, he was trying to stand up for a minute, Sherry Shepard, uh, just amazing people. Uh, it was a great ride. It was a great ride. Still is. And so what was your, what was your background that kind of made it such a, a easy decision to say, look, this is the kind of work that I'm going to do. I am a control freak type a, maybe you can relate to me. <laughs> um, and, no, uh, not at all. I, have, <laughs> I don't want to wait for other people to hire me. I want to go pave my own path. And so as a comedian, I really felt like I got to cut in front of the line just waiting for movies to be made and waiting for TV shows. I'm like, I could do stand up every night of the week. And that's literally what I did was I went out to open mics and I went out to clubs and I went out to bars and I run out to drag shows and like anywhere I could do comedy, I was there. And I feel like you cannot replace that kind of a boot camp season for any career. Yeah, I'm absolutely. sure you really. Yeah, there, you know, it's interesting. There are a lot of news people who starting off their careers will sometimes go to those like improv type classes, not because they want to be funny in the news, but because they want to learn right. to think on their feet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything is improv, right? I mean, come on, like the, when the screens don't work in the Zoom, you guys bantering this morning, everything is improv. So I think it's an invaluable skill. I actually coach people sometimes. I coach CEOs and business people on on uh, improv and speech writing because I feel like there's always a place for humor. You know, we were talking about that earlier. Even in COVID, there's still a place for humor. So what did, I mean, COVID, like, it, it put all of us into positions we never even could have dreamed of. For people like you who perform, it kind of puts you at home. Well, it put me at home, too, now that I think about it, um, which is not a place where either one of us had really worked before. <laughs> no, I'm not used to doing shows from my bedroom, exactly. No. Um, so I was like, let's just pivot. Let's just get some, you know, and I'm not a techie. I'm more of a Gen X person than a millennial, for sure. And so I'm like, buttons, buttons. I have to press buttons. Um, this is harder than Twitter, you know. And then, you know, you just pivot. You just make it work. I'm having arguments with my 12-year-old about why I'm crushing it on TikTok now. <laughs> uh, so it's just pivoting in life. You know what I'm saying? You cannot lay there the whole time. Yeah, I was talking about you on TikTok, just so you know. My daughter just walked in. <laughs> I'm crushing it. I have 21 followers. I'm amazing. <laughs> um, I told her, I don't want to be on TikTok because predators will find me. And you know what she said? She goes, you're not what the predators are looking for. That's awesome. Do you know what my son, who is 14, came to me when the pandemic was underway, when it just started, and he came to me like really serious because I need to talk to you about something. So what is that? And he goes, there is this this thing of middle-aged moms getting on TikTok and you need to resist it. It is sad and that's how we view it. It is not for you. So that's become my that threat. Is, I, that's I, my threat. You do that, I'm going on TikTok and I'm going to own it. I'm going big if yeah. I'm on TikTok, which I'm I, you know. And it was interesting. I found out that my stand-up comedy is a soundbite on TikTok. So people have been taking my act and doing my act on TikTok. That should be worth at least crazy. 21 more followers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I just That's haven't funny. mastered the way that J-Lo wakes up and eats an apple and gets 500 views. So, I know. You know, or 5 well, million. 
there's a little more going yeah. on there, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> what, what, has, what has it been like trying to find comedy in the last seven months? Because all of this stuff is like so ridiculous, you couldn't have made it up. If I had written something about this, I wouldn't have believed it. Uh, I'm looking at my 12 year old right now and she is an incredible source of uh, inspiration, shall we call it, of comedy. Cause whatever comes out of her mouth is either laughable or is going to get her grounded. So um, in my house, everything is fair game for material. My kids know that that's how mommy makes her living. So whatever comes out of their mouth, maybe on YouTube five minutes later, that's, that's just fun. how we roll. Right, Lucy? <laughs> yeah. She's like, cool. I need, I need cash, so we're good. And so when you started doing stuff online from home, what did you find was really like hitting a note with people and really um, resonating with them? Um, I used to do a bit that I was quarantining myself, even though I wasn't sick, and so that the kids would have to slide me food under the door. And so I would broadcast from my bedroom, uh, quarantined, and being like, I don't know. And, and like my kids would come in like, you're not sick. I'm like, you can't trust the government. You don't know if those tests are real. <laughs> Leave the food by the door. And we did a lot of jokes about homeschooling and common core math because two plus two is only four if Lucy feels pretty that day. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, uh, and she got her a trophy. Lot of eating jokes. Yeah, a lot of eating jokes because I went on the whole body challenge, which is how much food can I eat in my whole body like every day? <laughs> So I, I was just so much stovetop stuffing. And you know that stuff in the back of your cover that you're like, this still looks good. This is lentils. Okay, let's eat it, you know. There are all these things back there that you, they're back there, but you've never actually done anything with them. They just yeah, kind of like, like fill the earthquake, it. Like the earthquake <laughs> tuna. You're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's exactly. it. Water chestnuts. Yeah, exactly. So what what has been like the challenge of keeping your own sense of humor and optimism during all of this? Because it's interesting, like to be creative during this time has been really hard for a lot of people. I don't know how anybody does it without faith in something bigger than ourselves, because with the election coming, I just pray that Kanye gets elected. I mean, we're just all really behind him. Um <laughs> You know, I can't handle it. So if I don't think that there's something bigger than me, I don't know how to get through my day. That's just my coping mechanism. I pray, I give it to God. And I'm like, this is all you. You knew this was coming. You knew this was coming. So, um, you know, you got to laugh. I mean, just watching the presidential debates, watching what's ever going on. I'm like, save us, Kanye. Let's do it. You know, I'm, I'm this close to just campaigning for him at this point. (laughs) <laughs> but um, yeah, you gotta laugh and you gotta just say, in my personal view, it's everything has an end. We're, in 1929, they went through the Great Depression, right? We went through the, my mother and my father are veterans. They went through the Vietnam War. Everything has an end date. Nothing is permanent. We can't say that it's permanent because look at history. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we've all, our, our culture has overcome. So we will get through this. Like, I just, I know it. And as a comedian, I have to stay positive or else I don't have a job. (laughs) Well, that is true. That is true. Have you seen other people that are in your profession struggle with that? I mean, you mentioned Uh, being able to, because of your faiths, rely back on something. That might not be the case for a lot of other people who might be relying um, on other stuff. But have you, have you had people reach out and ask you like, how are you doing this? Surprisingly, I've had people, even in the faith community, go to this doomsday prepper 
the world is ending. Bill Gates is the Antichrist. We need to bottle water, you know? And I'm like, people, people, even in the Bible, it says nobody knows the day or the hour. So why are we, you know, why are you stockpiling beets right now? You know? And so um, it's not necessarily the comedians. I think it's just everyday people that have gone to crazy town. Um, I love them, but they've definitely gone to crazy town. And that's when you have to go, am I going with you or I am going to stay right here because we all have a choice every day and I choose to stay present in my own positive place. Yeah. What do you miss about, um, I have a friend, Jess, we call it the before times, but what do you miss about like pre-March? I think I miss people and I miss doing my act and getting people to laugh at me because doing comedy on a Zoom where I'm just looking at you nodding going, yeah, like give me a thumbs up is uh, quite difficult. Now this Sunday, I'm gonna be live in Sacramento with a small crowd and I will probably be in tears because I'm so happy that they laugh out loud at me. I miss that. Um, you know, it's interesting. I'm saving so much money because I don't go to TJ Maxx as much. Mm-hmm. So that's good. You know, I haven't gotten a manicure. <laughs> I have my natural hair color. I'm like, I'm crushing it on the money thing, crushing it on the money thing. I'm discovering what my natural hair color is. It's a lovely shade of gray. And um, <laughs> I want to, my hair just like, how long are you going to let this go? I'm like, let's just roll with it. Let's just see how far we can take it. So, you know, I, you got, what do you miss? What's your, what's your thing? Um, I miss traveling. Because to yeah. me, going places, and maybe you relate to this because I'm sure you travel a lot with the speeches and, and performing. I miss the inspiration I get from seeing new places. And I miss the, I miss airports and being on flights and people watching and, you know, like the inappropriate yeah, stuff. I miss I, that. I don't miss that because I travel so much. But like my family had a vacation to Maine and it got canceled. And then yeah. my family lives in Atlanta and that got canceled. And we always say, I wish I had more free time. I wish I had more free time. And now we have all this free time. And I'm like, I wish I had a job. Like, I just want to work. <laughs> I miss a go. paycheck. I miss a paycheck. That's really That's um, a big just one. a little tiny thing. That's a miss. big one. Have but you had to change I, every up? Month, um, every month I keep thinking, you know, like I said, I've got like one or two shows this month, one or two shows in November. And it's my job to just hope for the best. Yeah. I know you're balancing a lot having kids, having to do, you know, everybody's favorite homeschooling and and everything else. But have you had to tweak how you kind of work at home for yourself to stay creative? Because you have your hands in a lot of different things. So what what do you do schedule-wise just to make sure you can get stuff done and and be creative? I'm going to let you in on my little secret. These are like post office. I got these from the post office. And the I'm priority mailboxes for people who aren't seeing it. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. I get them for free. <laughs> and I write notes on them because I have to do these big reminders. Like in yes. the day, I'm like, Carrie, go to the post office. Carrie, go to Office Depot, buy the birthday cake. Oh, by the way, write that chapter for the book that's due, blah, blah, blah. I mean, so um, I'm very visual. And if I don't literally write these things down in the morning, they don't get done. Yeah. So it's very hard. It's, I have to write a checklist every day and my checklists are just so much different than they used to be because it's like, get the math test and scan it in and read this book. And I mean, I think all teachers need a million dollar pay raise. I think everybody would agree with you on that one at this point. I have a big giant um, whiteboard that I can you know, keep doing, which might be an alternative if the post office starts saying enough with the priority mailboxes. (laughs) If they ever catch me, if you ever get caught. (laughs) 
<laughs> if they, I got like 20 and one of them will last me a good week and a half. So I'm, I'm good. <laughs> um, you have something in your resume, which is something that I have kind of secretly put on my bucket list, which is you've written a Hallmark movie, two of them. <laughs> I'm dying to know yeah. about that process because I actually looked it up once and I printed out the all the rules and reading oh, through the girl. rules is one of the funniest things I've ever read. Oh, girl, you don't even know. They're like, oh, we can't have our leading lady in overalls. We're like, what? She's renovating a house. You want her in a smock? Like, yeah. No, it's going to. so strict. They're so strict. When you write a movie, they, they literally tear it up. You would just cry. Like every single line. They're like, oh, he can't eat that donut. We're we're promoting too much sugar. I mean, it's just like, and then everything is so cookie cutter and perfect. And yeah, and we can try to be funny. And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Stop that joke. That's, that's, that's so not funny. on brand. The know? one that really jumped at me was that you can allude to sad things having happened in the past, but no murders. <laughs> like like no nothing murders really, the, no drugs, no nothing like really The horrendous. bad guys always have to turn good at the end. Yeah. Like they have to have a, a come to faith moment. But, um, and we're renovating a house and it's like, oh, she can't wear overalls. It, but we're so grateful for the work, but it's yeah. really, um, it's kind of like Survivor. You turn in one draft of the script, if they like that, you keep, you keep going. You go like four or five drafts and then if you make it, you're in line to get produced. And it's like an assembly line. They just crank it out, crank it out. So and so it's really a, it's like a six, eight month process to get the script done. And then they go in line to be filmed and then they film it in like four weeks and then it's on the air. So which ones so, have you worked uh, well, on? Are any of them well, currently on there right yeah, now? Yeah, they're, they're in the queue. <laughs> One of them is called Renovate My Heart. Surprise, shockingly, it's uh, it's really, uh, it's a sci-fi. No, um, anyway. <laughs> no <laughs> aliens allowed. <laughs> I can't tell you the ending, but there's a snowstorm and a puppy. But um, and Candace Cameron gets a new haircut. But no, I'm... Uh, I, I'm hoping they'll call me again because I love working for them. And I'm also writing some scripts. And then I started a podcast called Two Tired Moms uh, during COVID that we're just starting. And my friend who's a comedian and we're like, we're just tired of life. And so we just started ranting. So we do these 15 minute episodes called the Two Tired Mom Show. And we just rant and we I, and uh, just whatever we're <laughs> a lot of dieting, a lot of dieting and yeah. a lot of just goofiness. Well, um, I, I don't think uh, you'll have. And we a, try to. You'll have no shortage of trying to keep people listen to that. Whatever sure. we're learning that week. I love it. Well, I, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you got a million things to do, Thank you. including educating your kids. But would you mind maybe leaving us with like one bit of motivation for the people two kids to... to get through school? <laughs> well, you know, I always figure if I get one through, that's pretty good, pretty good batting average. But what what's one piece right, of, of right? One out of two is not. It's a, no, it's pretty good. You're batting 500. What what would be one um, piece of motivation you leave with people to just keep their sense of humor in this year, which has just been so crazy for so many people? I think that when we want to look back on this time and our kids are going to remember what their COVID experience, are they going to remember mom chasing them around the kitchen with the fly swatter? Like I remember my childhood. Are they going to remember <laughs> mom laughing and watching Netflix and give yourself a break and definitely keep Nutella under the bed. I mm -hmm. think that's the biggest motivation I can offer and buy Halloween candy for yourself. Okay. Buy it for yourself. I don't care if the kids go trick or treating. You need that sugar to get you through the day. So whatever it is for you, sugar, caffeine, you know, other illegal substances, you do you, <laughs> you do you. That's like putting the mask on first, right? 
It's like all those kids, they said next year are going to be back in school and they've been educated by day drinking mothers. I just feel sorry for those teachers. <laughs> no, no kidding. What's the best way for people to keep up with you? What are your favorite ways to communicate with fans? Um, I spend an extreme amount of time on social media. It's very inappropriate. So if you can remember the words Carrie Palm, K-E-R-R-I-P-O-M, that's my Instagram handle, that's my Twitter, that's my website, CarriePalm.com. K-E-R-R-R-P-O-M. Follow me on TikTok. Yes, yeah. happening. Uh, so if you write me, I'll write you back. Probably going to be around 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, but I hope that we can all find each other. Uh, Carrie, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And thanks for uh, waking me hey, up today, thank too. You, I hope we keep right. in touch. Thank you. And keep an eye out for Carrie's new podcast. It's called Hashtag I Need Attention, which, based on my constant pleas for ratings and reviews, I maybe do as well. Thanks for listening, friends. Stay well, and I'll catch you next time on Dying to Ask.